Welcome to the All Things Reds All-Star Special. I'm Jeff. And I'm Tom. And I'm Kim. We are three old Reds fans coming to you from Studio 82, just down the street from our good friends at Beans in the heart of Cedarville and the birthplace of Bumpus Jones. Bumpus, of course, played in the pre-All-Star era. But if he hadn't, he never would have made an All-Star team, I'm sorry to say. Um, still, he holds a very special place in Reds history and in our hearts. That's right. Um, and for more on the legend of Bumpus, you're just going to have to listen to episode six if you haven't already. But in this episode, we talk about the Reds' current All-Stars, and we will revisit a lot of Reds' midsummer classic history, as only we can because, well, we're old. <laughs> so, we will get to that history. we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. First of all, we have two All-Stars this year. Zach Cozart, who is batting ninth, that got released today. Figures they bury our guy at the bottom of the lineup. Hope they don't pull him before he gets out. I tell you. <laughs> I know. I tell you. Is that Joe Madden doing that? Is that who's doing that? Madden's complimentary of Cozart, so I think he'll. I think he'll get his AB. Okay, as long as he gets one AB, that's good. Uh, and of course, Joey Votto will uh, play a reserve role. His fifth. All-star his team. fifth all-star appearance. All, all universe this year. Playing, yeah. Playing like an MVP. And his first since 2013, which, yeah, he's leading the National League in, with 26 homers, a 633 slugging percentage, and a 1.06 OPS. And he's just... And how many RBIs does he have? Like 68. 68, but he doesn't want to talk about that. He doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> Does not want to talk about RBIs. Um, anyway, Zach, batting 316, 941 OPS. Hmm. Uh, he's on pace for like career highs and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I looked at his stats yesterday, and everything you look at, rate wise, he's higher, uh, quite a bit higher than anything he's ever been. And then just numbers wise, like home runs, RBIs, doubles, he's over half of his of his career highs. So if he stays healthy and can start playing every day instead of every other day, maybe he can make some of those. Um, he was hitting well. Highs. He was hitting well last year before he got hurt. Yep. Yeah, he so. was. He was. He's continued that, and it's uh, sparked a lot of the trade talk. And we'll talk more about that next week for sure. Maybe we'll have some time today. We'll see. Um, but what about the last reading uh, of the All Star break? What'd you think of that road trip, Kim? I mean, we thought, you know, hey, going to Colorado, Arizona, that doesn't sound promising. But we went four and three. Yeah, we talked uh, last episode that we were tied with San Diego for the worst road record in the major leagues, and. Going to Colorado and getting a split, having a good outing by Homer. Uh, Jeff pointed out before we uh, started broadcasting, Homer had zero walks that game, uh, which sort of surprised me since he's been in the Colorado game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but just a good series overall, very competitive, and even the gamer. I think both games they lost, they were in the games, uh, mm-hmm. and then going to Arizona, losing the first one to Grikey. Ugh, that was tough, but turning around. Performing well, Homer again, and we talked about yesterday in the seventh inning, he threw one 97 miles an hour. Tom even texted and said, when's the last time we won a pitcher's duel? And I think you, Tom, was sometime in May. Early June. June 2nd was the last one I saw, and that was 3-2. to two. Whether that's a pitching duel or not, yeah. I don't know. A really low-scoring game for so a Reds That's how year. long it's been. Yeah. And, okay, so why do you think this road trip was better? I think it's a duh. I think it's... Homer and Castillo, having you know, it's the starting pitching coming around. Um, that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, I mean, if you got guys that are going to go out there and keep you in the game. Sal Romano, 
Romano had a good outing, too. Very good outing. Yeah. Jackson Steven, didn't he pitch? No, he pitched before oh, they went on the road. That was they? the last. That yeah. was right before they went on the road. Um, Regardless, they had some decent outings compared to where they've been. And lately with Bailey back, they, he's turned it up a notch for us. I mean, if you can get a one, two, and three starter that can keep you in the game, mm-hmm. this team is going to win a lot of games with mm-hmm. the offense and defense. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Well, our friend uh, Nick Carrington, who we had on a couple, about three or four weeks ago now, he had tweeted a while back, and then he, I think he retweeted it again uh, uh, or followed up the tweet somehow and said, Here's the prediction I made. If this team gets starting pitching, they'll be more than a 500 team in the second half. And you feel like that's possible because they just went four and three against two very against good teams. two good teams on the road, and they've been a horrible road team. So it's an interesting thing to contemplate. So that leads me to the next question. We talked. I don't remember. I would have to go back and listen exactly. Each of us had a number in the 70s of how many games we thought they could win. Um, right now they are. Um, nine and a half games back, eight in the loss column, which is certainly worth paying attention to. Um, but what are they, nine games under, I think? I believe 10. Yeah, how many wins do they have right 39 now? 39 and 49. 39 and 49, mistaken. you're right, 39 and 49. They finish out this way, it's 78 wins. Yeah, is that is that right? So, um, you know, do the... He's an English major. I'm, I'm a, yeah, yeah, I'm not the math guy. Um, try to figure it out, try to understand it, but... Anyway, can this team, seeing what we're seeing in the rotation, get 80 wins, get into the 80s somewhere, at least the low 80s? I believe it can. I mean, I that, really that requires getting their record. Well, 80 wins wouldn't be 500, but it'd be two, within two. I can do that math. math. Within one. <laughs> well, it'd be 80. 81 and 81. Or, or 80 and 82. Mm-hmm. So they'd be two games under. Could they finish as high as two games under or maybe even win 83 games or something like that? Is that is that possible with this pitching staff? And assuming our hitters don't – we don't have a bunch of second-half tailspins. Or injuries. Right? Or injuries, yeah. We have no one in the home run derby, so that's that's a positive after the last two years. <laughs> they asked Joey to. Yeah, he, didn't, he declined. Did you see his comment as to why he's not? Yeah. Incredible. I love it. I love it. Um, I, I do think that I think they could easily be in the 80s if people stay healthy, mm-hmm. including the pitching, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But with these new pitchers coming up, they're going to be way better than the pitching we saw at the beginning of the season. Right. All things being equal, there's no. We're saying that without trades, you're not losing a Cozart. You, you know, have to look at what we have today. Yeah, what you have today, and getting healthy, and maybe even De Sclafani. Yeah, talk, which he's could with be the said. club. They're, he's not. I believe they said yesterday in the uh, broadcast that he's not holding back. He's, he's starting to come. He's starting to pitch, and they're hoping in August he'll be ready to go. Okay. Well, that'd be great. That'd be great if we can do that. Okay. Yeah, and that's so, that's also barring trades, which we, which we can talk about another time. We don't but, know what's going to happen. I that's think, a big discussion. I think everybody's, yeah, just in the short of it, I think we've agreed there's a lot of guys that aren't untouchable on this team if you get the right offer, mm-hmm. if people are willing to overpay whether it's Iglesias or an outfielder or anybody. And you got to hand it to the Reds. Nobody's going to pay for Votto, but other than that. And they're not going to give him up. They're not going to give him up anyway. you got to hand it to the Reds organization, though, that even if you trade Hamilton or some of these other guys, there are people ready to come up and take their place, right? Whether it be a Winker or who's the third baseman guy? Uh, Senzel. 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 
Um, or, you know, if Peraza goes, you got Scooter. So there are a lot of position players that... More than we had two, three years ago. Well, two, that's it's amazing sure. because two years ago we had nothing. Yeah, I know. Nothing in the farm system. And uh, uh, William's predecessor, what's his name? The old GM oh, from the Jockety. Cardinals. Jockety and what he did with uh, Chapman and got nothing for him. Yeah. So it's amazing how quickly they've turned it around. Mm-hmm. Well, they, some of the trades really worked out well. Oh, I mean, very well. Duvall, Shebler, mm-hmm. uh, to name a name too, especially Shebler. Here we that? go. Jeanette picking him up. Oh, Jeanette. That was that, a... That, well, they didn't get, pay anything for him. I mean, right. That was just to pick him up off the waiver wire. Right. So the power surge has been a huge part of this season, um, this offense. And we got three guys, Votto, Shebs, and Duvall with 20-plus. And you were you were quoting the three guys in, was it 70? Yep. So it was, who was it, Perez? Perez, Bench, and May. And I who, believe... It, and May had the most, didn't no, he? No, May had 20. May had 20. Bench either had 27 or 28, and Perez had one more. Now, they finished up 45, Bench, 40, Perez, and I think Lee May with 34. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Okay. So they put a graphic on the screen the other day um, watching the game on TV because I've been tracking this a little bit like, hey, we could get four guys to 20, Yeah. which has only happened a couple times. And, of course, I was thinking the fourth guy would be Suarez, and it still could get there. He's got what twelve, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden we got Scooter Jeanette with fifteen, mm-hmm. and they put the graphic up. It's the third time in Reds history that there's been four guys with fifteen plus at the break. Mm. So the first time was in 1956. <laughs> I don't have the numbers. I just have the names. Wally Post. Wally Post. Ted Klazuski. Ted Klazuski. Yeah. Frank Robinson. Oh yeah. And Gus Bell. Uh, in '03, we had four guys. Who do you think those guys are? Eric? No. Eric was in the 90s. Wow. Yeah, that's... Eric Davis is going Sean long. Casey? No. Was a... Who's that big muscular guy? Glenn Bragg? Ron Gant? No, no, no. Okay, no, no, Ron no. Gant. Are... Uh, Greg Vaughn. No, you're not. No. We're going to have someone. No. All right. Give me a position. We need a younger guy. We're too old. We're too old Reds fans. Three outfielders. Three outfielders. It was a three-man oh, outfield. Adam Dunn. Adam Dunn. Griffey Jr. Griffey. Oh, Austin Kearns. Austin Kearns. Wow. And he's a, he's, he's, there's a, he's a third or fourth generation player. He's got a brother. Buddy that, Bell. No, Boone. Boone. Aaron Boone. Yeah. So the, those four guys um, did that. So this is pretty historic what we're seeing. out of, Now, we know home runs are up in baseball around but still the reds are part of that instead yeah. of lagging behind and How, being the so zach kozark doesn't even have 10 home runs he's got nine, nine. he okay. hasn't had one in a while he's going well, yeah he's been out a lot and playing it's not every out of other the question day. he could hit 20 no it's not and it's not a question um suarez could get there either so it's certainly not out of the question so um all right anything else about what's going on now we got to talk about are we ready to move on so to our all-star special Menzo should be coming off the dl soon um, yeah, be interesting to see how he does the rest of the year and and into next year. But yeah, I mean he's a it's a real unknown whether he's ever going to yeah. recapture his career or not. Um, okay, so let me ask you guys: When is the last time the Reds are in last place? Okay, but when's the last time you've kind of felt okay about the Reds, even though they're in last place? Usually, I have to be honest. Well, by the time they're ten games out. I'm just not interested anymore because they're not fun. They disappoint you so often. This team, I always feel like there's, there's hope. Well, yeah, because even the other day they were losing what six to nothing, 
It was a late one of those late games. I think it was the Friday night game in Arizona, right? They're down six nothing. I've I'm I'm like sleeping here in the recliner for hours. <laughs> I wake up, and all of a sudden, um, uh, was a Votto hits a two run homer. Yep. And then uh, two outs later, Shebs I believe it was. Shebs hit a home run. <laughs> How could I forget? Yeah, I couldn't sleep after that. No, just kidding. <laughs> He hits a home run, and then they got another. They got like the tying run to the, on deck or on at the plate or something. It's like this team. It doesn't matter the situation. They just believe that they 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 got they got a lot of belief in themselves for a team under ten. They do. ten games under five. How many last place I mean, teams you know are like that? They're mentally there's pretty there's a lot of mental toughness I think on this team, and I think it's just the you know I mean it's the starting pitching. I mean this team is hanging around with the Cubs and the Brewers easily if they'd had good starting pitching. I mean, even average. Mm-hmm. Even average. I mean, we didn't have to have a Cy Young guy Agreed. To, to compete in this division. Maybe to win after this division you do, but to compete in this division you don't need a Cy Young guy. So, anyway. All right. Our Reds All-Star trivia, remembrances, me- memories, and stuff. I'm going to – before we get into our list – I had some Reds All-Star first I wanted to share with you that I thought you might find interesting. Who was the – okay, the first All-Star game was in 1933, and, of course, there was a Red on the team because everybody gets a player on the team, right? Who was the Reds' first All-Star in 1933? Any guess? Holy cow. Sorry, we're not that old. It wasn't holy cow. We need your dad for this one. He it, Well, <laughs> this is four years before his birth. He's not that old. A guy named Chick Hafey. Have you heard of, ever heard oh. of Chick Hafey? Good, good first name. All right. He's a Hall of Fame outfielder. He's elected in 71 by the Veterans Committee. 317 career hitter. Uh, he was one for four that game, played left field at, at Comiskey Park. So that was the first mm-hmm. Reds All-Star. All right, who was the first, the first Red? And I'll, I, I, look, I was looking to see who the first Red to homer in an All-Star game was. Well, two guys homered in an All-Star game. It was the first Reds to homer in an All-Star game. So it happened in the 50s. Ted Klazuski. Ted Klazuski and... Frank? Frank Robinson? No. Wally Post? No. Who was the other guy on that list we had earlier, the 15? And we said Wally. And then you mentioned his grandson as well. Bell? Gus Bell, yeah. Um, so Clue started at first in that game. This was a this was an entertaining game. The American League won 11-9 in Cleveland. There were lots of offensive records set in that game that still stand. Um, he had a two-run homer off Bob Porterfield. I don't know who that is. I don't recognize that name. With Duke Snyder on. Put him mm. up 7-5 to five in the fifth. And then Bell hit a pinch two-run homer in the eighth off a guy named Bob Keegan with Willie Mays on base for a 9-8 lead. Um, those were the only NL homers. The AL had homers two by Al Rosen, Ray Boone, and Larry Doby. And the managers were Walter Alston and Casey Stengel. So hmm. just all these great old names. When you look at all-star stuff, it's just like, wow. You know, when you're watching these games, you don't realize how many Hall of Famers sometimes you're seeing. When you look back, you're like, wow, oh, you saw a lot of them. So who was the first Reds pitcher to start? And he also actually was the first Reds pitcher to win an all-star game. Maloney? No. Go. This I'll have to give you the decade because it's, it's, it's a wild guess, right, without it. The 30s. That doesn't help me. He's very famous for another feat. Johnny Vandermeer. That was, I was going to say. At, in 38 at Crosley Field. It was the first All-Star game in Cincinnati. The National League won 4-1. He's a winning pitcher. He uh, threw three innings, gave up one hit, 
left with a one nothing lead. Um, his only single was to Joe Cronin. In the mm. second, he struck out Jimmy Fox. Now, this isn't as great a run as, like, the Carl Hubble one that you've mentioned before, you know, where he struck out, what, five Hall of Famers in a row? The Hubble and Cronin, I think, were part of those. Were they? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, he struck out Jimmy Fox, and then he got ground outs from Joe DiMaggio and Bill Dickey. Um, Vandermeer was a four-time All-Star. It's so, pretty cool he got to start the and game that was, at Crosley Field. Right, and he had mm-hmm. thrown those consecutive no-hitters in June, and then he got to start the All-Star game in July. Hmm. Um, the first Red to win an MVP in an All-Star game. It was first awarded in 62, and we're going to talk more about this later as we go through our moments, uh, and that's Perez, uh, Tony Perez. It was also the first All-Star game to be televised. Um, it was his first of seven appearances. Um, he had a, We'll talk more about that here in a minute. Um, the first Red to be top vote-getter. And the records I found, it was like they only date to like 1970. Hmm. So the first... Uh, Red to be top vote getter was in 72 and 73. Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench. All right. right, Here's a good question for you. Who is the first Red to win the home run derby? I would guess Todd Frazier. No. The inaugural year of 1989, which was a pretty famous all-star game because Bo Jackson led off that game with a home run on MVP. Uh, from what I could tell, Eric Davis and Ruben Sierra were, were like tied for the home run derby title that year. So Eric Davis was in the home run derby and, and won a hmm, share. Did not know that. So, anyway, some interesting stuff. Some re- all star firsts. Um, so we're gonna move on to we come up with this list in our lifetime of top performances, moments, memories, whatever. So we're gonna take some turns here. I'll start off with '67, which we mentioned Perez. Hit the game-winning home run in the 15th inning off Catfish Hunter. Mm-hmm. And Hunter had thrown like four innings because they were run out of pitchers because it was a 15th inning. Had to be the longest game in history, right? Uh, at that time it was, yeah. At that time it was. Not anymore? I think there's been, I think there was one longer since. Of course, then the, a few years ago they suspended, one. they suspended it yeah. and stopped it. Um, that was his first of seven All-Star Game appearances. That was really the first year Perez, his first two years he kind of platooned. And that was the first year he really played all the time. He had like 17 homers at the break. And I, I put a, a couple videos on Twitter uh, and Facebook this afternoon. So if you go there to our Twitter and Facebook pages, uh, the Miami Herald did a story. And a, there's a video of Perez talking because, you know, he works down there. He works for the Marlins. And it's the 50th anniversary of it. So they did a piece on that. And then MLB websites got I found a video on there of a historical shot of him hitting the home run and coming to the dugout. He's being greeted by Cepeda and Clemente, and he says, I still have a picture of that. So that's a pretty neat story there. Um, so he was, the, as I said, the first Red to win that award. Um, 1970, um, the year Riverfront opened, and, of course, the big thing that happened that year, uh, they got to host the All-Star game, and another extra inning game um, in the 12th, uh, Pete Rose is on base. Um, Jim Hickman, who mm-hmm. played for the Cubs at that time, and in his only All-Star game, hit a single to center off of Clyde Wright, who was an Angels pitcher, um, and his only All-Star game. And Pete Rose, a 17-time All-Star, comes mm-hmm. flying home and runs over Ray Fossey. We've all seen the highlight many, many times. Um, some say ruined Ray Fossey's career. He actually did have another good year after that and then didn't do much after that. Um, 
but that was the highest television rating of an all-star game in all-star game history um, for whatever reason um, and maybe that's another reason it was it, it lives on so much because so many people saw it so he didn't Rose didn't start the game of course he's at 12th inning you know um, the starting outfield was Mays Aaron and Rico Cardi so he didn't get to start so uh, but he still made that lasting impression of that game and um, that's just a one of the rows that that that's a play that sort of defines Pete Rose's career. But it doesn't matter if it's an All Star game; I'm still giving him my best. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. He got criticized for it. Why would you run but, over a guy in an All Star? But game? if you notice, he went back to him to kind of yes. Oh yeah, see, he did. So yes, he did. He did. So all right, Kim, tell us about 1971. That game was in Detroit. Johnny Bench hit a home run off a pitcher named Vida Blue. Yeah. One of the great baseball names of all time. The Almost Red? Yeah, until Bowie Kuhn said, Bowie Bowie said they're, they're getting too good. We can't let that trade happen. That's right. That was a travesty. Bench ended up going two for that game. He hit his home run in the second inning. On base was a, an old nemesis, Pops, Willie Stargell yeah. from Pittsburgh. Bench hit the ball just a shade to the right of center field in the upper deck. Right. No matter what people say, that was a shot. <laughs> Shows uh, you the strength of Johnny Bench. That's right. Also that game, home runs by Hank Aaron, Roberto Clemente. And that game was uh, really well known for Reggie Jackson hitting a two-run homer off Doc Ellis. I think Doc Ellis was uh, clean that game. But <laughs> Maybe. Hit it off the roof at Tiger Stadium. Yes. Cut the lead to 3-2. to two. That was epic. Oh, about that light? It was a light up there, yep. wasn't there? And it just... Yeah. little... Uh, Pre uh, Roy Hobbs, yeah. yeah, very much. That's where they got. I, they, I guarantee that's where they got the I'm idea sure. in the natural. Also, homer that game, Frank Robinson and Harmon Killebrew, uh, homer for the American League, and a total of six home runs in that game by Hall of Famers. Yeah. Um, uh, and you listen, you watch the video of it now, and you hear Kurt Gowdy calling the play-by-play. And for someone like me, a throwback of Kurt Gowdy, Tony Kubek, yeah. Joe Gargiola. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's special. And what did and, and and you were saying earlier, what did um as on the replay you found it on YouTube, what does what does Gowdy say right before he hits it? <clears throat> I think he I think Gowdy said after he hit it, I think he made mention of the fact oh. that I was just about to say nobody homers off a of vital. <laughs> he doesn't hit give up home runs and they're bench going uh upper deck in the yeah. right field, right yeah. just to the shade of right of center field okay so tom tell us about 1972 what happened then yeah so 1972 all-star game our one of our favorite reds joe morgan was uh starting second base of course batting lead off and it was his first year at the reds um and his third all-star game and joe uh had a single off uh orioles pitcher dave mcnally mm-hmm and scored a guy from the Padres by the name of Nate Colbert, who I don't remember that guy. Yeah, I remember Nate. I remember Nate. And uh, it was a walk-off single. So because Joe got that hit, he was MVP. Right. Well, that's what happens when you come in. And it's interesting. He started, and he's still batting in the 10th inning. Yep. So the All-Star game. I remember Bench played the whole game one night, yep. and San Guillen never got in a game. I, I remember, remember that. I, I don't remember what year that was, but it's back in those days. <laughs> so um, and that was that Bench being first top vote getter. Uh, first ready to be a top vote getter that same year. So, yeah. so yeah, Morgan, that was great because, you know, we just gotten him, right? And then he does that and makes you look, fall in love with those guys even more. So tell us, you, you get the next one too, Tom, 1976. Well, yeah, 76 when the Big Red Machine was at its peak. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the game was in Philadelphia. Part of that National League streak we talked about, I think it was 19 out of 20 years, the oh, National something League like won, that. something yeah. like that. So part of that streak, National League won this one too. And this was, this was um, a big one in Reds history because the Reds had Rose, Morgan, Foster, Bench, Concepcion, all starting five starters. I mean, I mean, it must have looked like the Reds were just going on the field. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, but Griffey and Perez were on the team too. So seven all-stars, which um, I'm assuming that has got to be. Well, actually, it's one of the four hot. We'll, I've got that coming in a okay. little bit, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, but the, you're thinking the right thing. Another, another interesting thing, uh, Jeff, that, that you talked about earlier was the Reds players that we just mentioned had seven of the 10 total hits the National League had in that game. Mm-hmm. So they're seven for 14, four RBIs, four runs the Reds did. Well, Foster started in center field, hit cleanup, had three RBIs on a, on a, uh, a ground out um, against, remember this guy, Mark Fidrich. Yeah, that was his one The bird. Year, his one big year. Mm-hmm. Scored, scored Steve Garvey, a, a, a nemesis from the Dodgers. The Reds always seem to be fighting against the Dodgers in the 70s. And uh, and he, he got that single in the first, and they got a, a two-run home run off Catfish Hunter in the third, and, and his teammate Joe Morgan was on. So uh, George Foster went in the MVP in 1976. That was a big year for the Reds for the yeah. All-Star game. Yeah, really. I mean, as I was researching this and found all that stuff, I'm like, I can't believe it. I don't remember all this stuff, you know. It's just amazing what the, really is. the way they dominated that game. And they were it was a symbolic of their dominance of the – of those years. And I will say, I think even as you go across the country, you find Reds fans in other parts of the country around our age mm-hmm. because of this team in the 70s. Yeah. They grew up and they were, you know how. Well, remember this guy here, Kim. I mean, he was living in South Carolina and it captured his imagination as a boy's as a, life. As a young buck. Cub Scout magazine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. So there was another cool thing about whole, the whole 70s thing because of the Reds' uh, persona, their. Uh, Way they like to present themselves. So, what was that, Kim? Well, the culture of the day, you know, the the Reds, they had the, uh, didn't they have the low stirrups? I always like the high stirrups. They had the low stirrups. They no facial hair, yeah. no long hair, uh, and in the All Star game, the Reds players would break out, especially Morgan would break out the white shoes, mm-hmm. and it was just special to see so many Reds. As Tom mentioned, we had five starters, seven. I think at one time, either six or seven were on the field at one time. I remember watching that and just amazed and so excited. This is my team. It's going to be like this forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) And uh, seeing Morgan at second base with those white shoes, I mean, he was fast as it was. It just made him look quicker. But it it was something special to see. Yeah, because their shoes during the season were completely black. If they had any white on them, they had to shoe polish them. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. 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 Neat, neat. All right. So – the 70s, the greatest decade in Reds history. Yes. We hope to have one someday to match it, but <laughs> I don't know if we ever will. But that's the greatest decade. So the 80s, the 80 comes. We still got some big red machine parts around. Mm-hmm. So tell us what happened. What happened in 80, Kim? Well, senior, as uh, junior's dad, yeah. Kendrick, who uh, who I think was just such a. Uh, I don't want to. I don't know if, if you were to say underrated describes it accurately, but he Overlooked. was so vital. Well, they had all these shining stars, and you just didn't see Griffey as much. 
Well, right. They had Hall, Hall of Famers, and then you have Cincinnati Reds Hall but, of Famers. But Griffey in right field, number 30, I mean, he'd get on base. And Joe, remember, Joe Morgan did not like it when he got on base because they paid attention to Griffey, and it bothered Joe at the plate. I don't remember Joe was that. on record for saying that. Yeah. He just wasn't as, he didn't like it. But Griffey, so, you know, in the 76 World Series, no, 75 World Series against the Red Sox, didn't he lay down a two-strike bunt? And no one saw it coming. The guy was just incredible arm, almost won the batting title. Pretty cool, too. Anyway, (laughs) uh, he did not start (laughs) senior, came into the game in the fourth inning at Dodger Stadium, went two for three in a victory that was a 4-2 victory. Homered in the fifth off of Tommy John and let off off with a single in the seventh off of Dave Steve Steve Steve, that uh, started the rally for the final run. I actually have a conversation with Tommy John years ago. I think I told you guys we were on the phone and we finished our business. I said, Tommy, I got to tell you, now that we're done, I got to tell you, when I was a kid, I used to hate your guts. And I told him why. I said, I, back then in the paper, they would have the Reds, they would have the pitcher of a game and would have their lifetime record against that team. And all the teams that the Reds would play seemingly would be like 6-12, and 2-8. and eight. But Tommy John, he would have a lifetime winning record against the Reds. Yeah. And he told me, he said, yeah, I could get bench on those slow change-ups and get him chasing, but I could never seem to get Rose and Morgan and Griffey out coming from him. But mm-hmm. he had a lifetime record that was really good against him. Um, it's a so, neat conversation you got to have. Yeah. Most people only know Tommy John for, well, is that the surgery guy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's not a surgeon. He was a pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> and a good one. And, and, and he good. came back from that surgery. And, you know, that's why I was amazed yesterday watching Homer Bailey humming it at 97 in the seventh inning. Tommy John, I don't remember too much before the surgery, but after the surgery, came back, and he was just a junk ball pitcher, Mm -hmm. but a very effective one. Well, nowadays, some guys come back throwing harder. In fact, now, all the college programs, they put their kids on Tommy John rehab exercises, whether they have the surgery or not, Yeah, which makes sense. It does, Mm -hmm. it does. All right, now let's look at 1982. Tom, we've got one more Reds MVP. Well, another guy that was overlooked some in the big red machine because he's not a Hall of Famer is Dave Concepcion. Concepcion won the MVP that year. He was, of course, the starting shortstop. He got His only hit was a two-run home run off of a guy. Remember this guy? Dennis Eckersley. Oh, yeah. Who um, I think of as an A, but maybe he was pitching for the Boston Red Sox at this time. Mm-hmm. And remember Dale Murphy, the only bright spot with the Atlanta Braves yeah, during that, those years? Oh, yeah. yeah. He was a great player. Yeah. And, Won a couple uh, MVPs. So Concepcion got the MVP for that home run. Also in that game, Pete Rose, who's like in every All-Star game, mm-hmm. sacrifice <laughs> fly. And poor Mario Soto, one of a, really, you would have to say, one of the great Reds pitchers yeah. who had great years but had losing records in the 80s. Yeah. And then uh, Tom Hume. Got the save for the game, and and uh, he actually he had some good years with the Reds, did, but not yeah. really too many. Yeah, just no, a few years. Yeah, ago. yeah, he was a, he was a bright spot on some of those bad teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the eighties, so all right, Kim in '88, tell us what happened in '88. Well, there were no Red starters. How about that? There was no Red starters, <laughs> but where was the game? The game was in Cincinnati, oh, yeah. in the old Riverfront Stadium. Uh, Chris Sabo was a rookie that year. And Chris came in and ran for the kid, the kid otherwise known as Gary Carter. And he actually stole a base, stole second. He didn't play in the field. 
Uh, so we got a little more time than Archibald Moonlight Graham, didn't he? So, uh, <laughs> uh, Barry Larkin played that game, and he went over two. And Danny Jackson, remember Danny Jackson, who uh, uh, a couple of years later would have a phenomenal year. Was, yeah. But Danny Jackson made the All-Star team for the as a Cincinnati Red. Did not get into the game. No, did not pitch. So that's interesting. That was the last All-Star game at Riverfront. The first one was in 72 or 70, 70, 70. which in 70 the Reds were, you know. Great. Great. And in 88. They weren't so good. Yeah. We two were, years two, before their next title, before. though. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, two years. So speaking of that, 1990, um, games at Wrigley Field, and we got this phenom pitcher. <laughs> the All-American boy. Jack Armstrong. He's 11-3. and three, He's 228 ERA at the break. Um, he's the starting pitcher, and I remember being so excited. We got the, we, Soto. Soto started like in '83, I think. But to have a Reds pitcher start the All Star game, because you know we never have the good pitchers. It seems like you know we we, we got one, <laughs> maybe a couple good relievers. Like why don't we get the good pitchers? You know. So here we are. We got this guy. He starts. He pitched two innings. He gave up an infield single to Wade Boggs. He struck out Conseco and McGuire, the Bash brothers, <laughs> in that game. Um, but that was kind of it for Jack Armstrong. He had nine bad starts after the break. He got banished to the bullpen. He had like one good three-inning outing in the World Series that year, and he didn't have much of a career after that. Mm-hmm. He's got he's a little better than Bumpus Jones, but not a lot. <laughs> but not a lot. So Sabo started at third that game. He was the, the Reds' uh, start, other starter in that game. He went over to Larkin pinch ran, stole a base, a la Chris Sabo two years before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dibble and Myers, the na- two of the nasty boys, each pitched a scoreless inning um, in that game. The National League lost that game two to nothing. That's this when the, by this time the American League was starting to win it a lot. Yeah. So, um, and our last thing was of course 2015 Todd Frazier home run derby at Great American Ballpark, and and uh, we know Todd didn't play that great after the All Star game, but it sure was fun that night. I was yeah, that was actually, a lot of fun. I was actually um, that night. I was covering a Dayton Dragons game, um, so I'm in the press box at the Dragons game, and this we got a TV in there, and it's up on the wall beside me, and we've got the home run derby on. Mm-hmm. And between innings, all the guys working the scoreboard and the clocks and the video boards and all that, there would always be a handful of guys would come down to see what was going on, and then they'd have to run back, you know. But there were a number of the when he won it. When he hit the final, whatever, however it finished, there were several people standing there, and everybody started cheering. It was really, it was a lot of fun just to be there. I wasn't at the game or at the park that night to see it, but just to be around other people who were big diehard Reds fans, it was fun. More, more fun, you know, than sitting by yourself on your couch watching it. So it was, it was pretty yeah. cool. So anyway, so that's our list of, in our lifetime, top all-star moments. And, of course, the 70s dominated. Now, of course, um, of course, tonight is the home run derby again. You just talked about Frazier. Right. Um, no one really cares as much, I don't think, without a red in it. No. It's, but I assume it'll either be Stanton, the hometown guy. You would think. In Miami. Or Justice, I mean. You mean Judge. Judge, Judge sorry. David Justice, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a long way back. A Cincinnati area boy. Yeah, coming to Kentucky <laughs> four times. Yeah, yeah. So, some a few other Reds notes here. Um, you had mentioned, well, that's seven. That had to be a record. Well, three times the Reds had seven players make the All Star team. First in 1939, um, such 
recognizable names as Paul Derringer, which mm-hmm. I know that name. I recognize that name. Lonnie Fry, Ival Goodman, Ernie Lombardi, Frank McCormick, Johnny Vandermeer, and Bucky Walters. So mm-hmm. a couple Bucky really Walters. good pitchers. Bucky was a great pitcher. 76, um, Bench, Concepcion, Foster, Griffey, Perez, Morgan, and Rose. Um, and I think it's the – I'm looking at my notes, and I don't have a year on this, but I think it's the next year, 77. Bench, Concepcion, Foster, Griffey. Yeah, it would be. Bench, Concepcion, Foster, Griffey, Seaver, Morgan, and Rose. Hmm. Now, twice in the 50s, they put eight guys on the team. And one of those was because in 57, there was this famous or infamous stuffing of the ballot box mm-hmm. campaign. Have you read about this before? Oh, yeah. The newspaper got involved in this, I think. And uh, anyway, it was a big thing. There was this... So Ford Frick, who was a commissioner, he said, he said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got too many reds starting. Something's going on. They found out about this campaign they did to stuff the ballot box. So he took Gus Bell and Wally Post out of the outfield starting positions, kept them on the team. Wally, was Wally injured? Uh, it was an injured red anyway. He might have been. There might have been. And he, and he gave those spots to Willie Mays and Hank Aaron. So, you know, That's if you get benched for Willie Mays and Hank Aaron, I guess, well, you know. I, think, <laughs> I mean, there's worse guys you could get benched for. <laughs> and I think Hank Aaron, or Willie, Willie set the record for the most. I'll start bats. Yeah, you know, games played. Oh, yeah, it's like 24 or something. But, but part of that's fixed too. because between 59 and 62, they had two, game, two, games. two all-star games a year. Right, right. So, and which I didn't know until I read that. So, 56 teams, 57. Uh, the guys that were on both were Ed Bailey. Uh, Ted Klazuski, Gus Bell, uh, Roy McMillan, Joe Nuxall, Frank Robinson, and Johnny Temple. A guy named Brooks Lawrence, a pitcher who's from this area, he pit- he pitched on the 56 team. Um, Former coach of Wilmington uh, College baseball team. Was he? Yeah. Pitched well, against him. The Smoked sum- in the dugout. Summer league, summer league in the Springfield area was called the Lawrence Haddocks League. Oh, really? Brooks Lawrence, Harvey Haddocks, mm-hmm. both from this area. Mm-hmm. Um um, the um, Johnny Temple made both. I think I mentioned him. Roy McMillan was on both. Um, a guy named Don Don Hoke made the '57 team. Temple let off both games. Never got a hit. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so interesting there. Other just tidbits. Uh, they've been five games in Cincinnati. Um, the Reds in '70 are one of ten teams to host a World All Star Game and a World Series in the same season. It's happened ten times. Mm. Um, 70 was the highest rated TV all-star game ever I think I mentioned that Joe DiMaggio and Pete Rose are the only two players to ground into double plays three times during their all-star careers <laughs> of course that's something you want to be known for but when you play in like 18 of them you know right. 17 or whatever Rose did and I'm sure DiMaggio played in a bunch too Yule Blackwell pitched in a record six consecutive games from 46 to 51 shares that record with early win um Klazuski had two doubles in 56. He's one of eight people to do that. Morgan is one of five guys to lead off the game with a home run, which he did in 77. Mm-hmm. Bench is one of 12 and the only red to strike out three times in a game, <laughs> which he did in 70 in, in front of the home crowd. Uh, Vandermeer shares this record with three others. He struck out six in the 43 All-Star game. Uh, Rose... Five positions, which we've talked about before: second, third, first, right, and left. Um, this is this was an interesting one. Mickey Mantle from fifty-four to sixty, Joe Morgan from seventy to seventy-seven, and Dave Winfield from eighty-two to eighty-eight, all Hall of Famers. The only players in All-Star history to each bat safely in seven back-to-back All-Star games. Wow! 
That's a pretty amazing. That's a big deal. That's that's a pretty amazing number. Um, other reds to start: Paul Derringer in thirty-nine and forty, Bucky Walters in forty-four, Yule Blackwell in forty-seven, Bob Perky in sixty-one. They went to the World Series that year. Jim O'Toole in sixty-three. And as we mentioned a little bit ago, Soto in 83 and Armstrong in 90. So we haven't had a pitcher starting the All-Star game since 1990. Wow. Wow. That's a long time. Um, Bench and Clue had two hits three times. Um, um, And the most RBIs were uh, Foster in 76, who we mentioned as his All-Star performance, and Clue had three in 56. So those are kind of some other interesting notes, I think, um, uh, to go for. the uh, couple other little things. The last red to get a hit in the All-Star game, Scott Rowland, 2010. Um, Griffey Jr. Uh, had two RBIs in 2007. He's the last red to drive in a run in an All-Star game. Ten Rowan years. Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so some of those, I've got an, a longer list of those, but um, I think... So I think that ends tonight. I think, think Joey Votto, well, Joey Votto late in the game, because he's not going to be a starter, so he'll come in late. He's going to get a big extra base hit, home run or something, late in the game, winning run, MVP. Oh, well, that would be great. I would be exa- I would be excited. Field. I'd be excited for that. We haven't mentioned about the 1978 All-Star game. Well, what happened then? Pete Rose had a base hit. Pete Rose always if got base hits. If that game's included, he hit 45 consecutive games. <laughs> there you go. How about that? There you go. Figure that one out. Good one, That's Tim. a good one. That's a good one. So, um, all right. Last week, our Reds career leader in home run frequency was. Was your question? Oh, oh yeah, uh, and you guys guessed it. I didn't think you would, but Adam Dunn. Adam Dunn. All right. Every fourteen point something at bats. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty amazing. All right. Um. Do we have a question for this week, or do I just need to make up one on the on the fly here? I don't think you've done one, have you? Yeah, Jeff? go ahead, Mr. I'll Gilbert. Make, I'll make up one on the fly here. Um, who was the last Red to get two hits in an All Star game? <laughs> and it was I'll, I'll give you a hint. It was in the early nineties. We'll okay, we can't. We can't guess. Can't guess on on the air. No, we would we would we would break the uh, the code there. We can't do that. So, um, but we'll talk about that. So it's it's kind of a really weird question, but you know I was forced to come up with something on the spot. So, um, a leadoff hitter for the Reds. We'll leave it. We'll we'll give you that too. Probably played on the West Coast. Yeah, it might have. Might have. All right. So. Well, that wraps up our first annual All-Star edition. <laughs> uh, so enjoy the game, everybody. hope Tom's right. I hope Joey is an MVP. I hope Zach gets, uh, as you said, gets his one, at least his one AB and gets a, gets yeah. a knock. Yeah. That would be great. It would be. It would be fun. And um, to all our Reds non-All-Stars who are All-Stars in our hearts, get some rest. Get some rest. You're going to need don't, it. Don't pick up a bat. Don't pick up a glove. Pick up a fishing pole. Go out, go to the beach, go to the mountains, whatever. Get away from it, especially Eugenio Suarez. He's He needs it. And uh, come back strong. Some of these young guys need to to learn to go a whole season here. Yep. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, join us next time 
a few games into the second half when Kim will say, I've got this idea for a new Sabre metric called EDP. <laughs> EDP. When Tom Plus, says, that was, that was just... really? You texted that. And I say, well, I'm not sure what I'll say, but I think it's something. <laughs> so, and as we always say, go Reds. Go Reds. Go Reds.